The reading this morning is from Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, which is on page 1093 in the Pew Bibles. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Peter then addressed the crowd, and we continue at verse 38, after the people had asked, What shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This is the word of the Lord. I wonder if you can tell me what a promise is. Something you agree to do. Yeah, that's a pretty good definition. Promise is something you agree to do. But it's almost more than just an agreement, isn't it? It's it's, you're going to do your very best to make sure that it gets done. And when God makes a promise, well, that will definitely get done. So today we're celebrating Pentecost, um, which is the day that the uh, original apostles were equipped to go out and build a body of believers. It's the day the church was born. Kind of. Um, In today's reading, we've heard that the Spirit came, which was the fulfillment of a promise. In Acts 1, Jesus says to the 11 to go and wait in Jerusalem um, and wait for the gift that Jesus had promised, that the Father had promised. Jesus said that the Father had promised. He said that they would receive power when they received the Holy Spirit. And then they would be witnesses. Uh, in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's a massive task. But then God equips them to do it. Uh, The the Spirit comes, and, I mean, they start doing something so unbelievable that people can only assume that it's wine speaking, that they must be drunk, and it's not. It's the Holy Spirit. Um. And through that, they can then pass on what they know about Jesus into all of Jerusalem and all the people that were there, and eventually to the ends of the earth. 
they are equipped to carry out the task that God has given them. This isn't the first time that we see God giving a massive task and then equipping people. If we go right back into Exodus, uh, God gives Moses instructions on how to create an awful lot of uh, special things, including the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, and various gowns and things. Um, and they're very precise instructions. And you read it through. I can't actually work out what they're supposed to look like, but that's because my brain doesn't work like that. But they are so precise that it almost seems an impossible task. Except it then goes on to say, and this is where I need my notes, that God chose Bezalel. I can never remember his name. God chose Bezalel and gave him the gift of understanding, uh, wisdom, knowledge, and all kinds of artistic skills. And also equips Bezalel and Ohiliab with the ability to teach other people and all of the skilled workers the ability to learn how to do what they need to do. And therefore, the, God, the job that God gave them to do is done. He equips for the task. We go back to Pentecost. I sort of wondered, why, why do we celebrate Pentecost? Why do we celebrate that equipping from the Holy Spirit and not the one in Exodus? Um, and I mean, maybe, maybe it's the spectacle of the thing. I wonder if you can just imagine it. Um, you're sitting in a room with your closest friends. You're inside a house. And suddenly, inside the house, you hear a really powerful wind. But you don't feel it. You just hear it. And then, some fire comes down and separates into tongues and rests above the heads of all of your friends and yourself. But it doesn't burn you. And then... All of you start babbling. Um, I don't know, maybe it, you know instantly that you're speaking in another language, or maybe it takes you a few minutes, but you've never spoken this language before. The something that you're waiting for has arrived. So maybe that's why we celebrate Pentecost, because it's brilliant imagery and sticks in our minds. Or maybe that imagery is there so that we know it must have been God. It must have been God and the Holy Spirit equipping people. Because Peter then goes on to say uh, all about who Jesus is and all about who God is and brings people into Christ's body. And then he makes this promise. He says, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And that's why I think we celebrate Pentecost. It's because the day signifies a move from select few people being equipped through the Holy Spirit, to the whole body of the church being equipped. And today, that promise still stands. It says, for all who are far off. It doesn't give a time limit on this promise. So I think that when we were or will be baptised, we receive that same gift of the Holy Spirit. 
But I also think, unfortunately, that means we take on the mantle of being witnesses to the ends of the earth. I'm not saying you all need to go and book a ticket and and go to Mumbai and start preaching the gospel. That's not what I mean. Because there are lots of different gifts. We've already heard that uh, in Exodus, some of the gifts of the Spirit are knowledge, wisdom, understanding and artistic skills, teaching, learning. Jump into 1 Corinthians and you've got wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues. The obvious charismatic gifts. Go back into Isaiah and we can add in counsel, might and knowledge and fear of the Lord. They're gifts of the Spirit. In Romans 12, we can add in encouragement, serving, generosity, leadership and mercy as gifts of the Spirit. And then we go into Ephesians 4 where it says that God will give apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers and pastors to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. That's a lot of gifts. And the thing is that each of those lists has some of the same, but it also has a lot of differences. Which says to me that none of those lists is a definitive list of the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts that the Spirit gives are as diverse as the people that are receiving the gifts. I wonder uh, what gifts you have. And I don't know if there's anybody sitting here that thinks maybe you don't have any spiritual gifts. I can tell you that you're wrong. Because when Samson was filled with the Spirit, it was really obvious he could pull down a building with his bare hands. And we've got Peter and the Eleven, and they were speaking a language they'd never heard before. They were very obvious gifts. And I've never seen tongues of fire dancing over my head, or anybody else's head, for that matter. Um, But Peter was anointed when he was speaking. And that was a promise, and God always keeps his promises. So I just want to enlist the help of Disney, just to to help here. Um, There is a film called Encanto. It's a fantastic film. Some of the kids might have seen it. Uh, It centers around a family called the Madrigal family. Um, And the grandmother and the grandfather, they had three kids, and then the village was ransacked, and the grandfather gave his life in order to protect the rest of the village. And then a miracle was born. Hang on a minute. Um, Anyway, moving back to Disney. Um, As her children come of age, and as her grandchildren come of age, this miracle gives them each a gift. One can see the future. One can control the weather. Uh, One can can heal people just by feeding them. And that's one that I want. I'd like that. Uh, One can talk to animals. One can hear uh, from a mile away what's going on. Uh, What else have we got? Um, We've got a shapeshifter. We've got someone who is super strong. And we've got someone who uh, can create flowers out of nothing. And she's just the perfect child. 
And then we have Mirabel. Now, when Mirabel comes of age, she doesn't get a gift. The, the thing that is supposed to, to signify the gift disappears. And uh, at that point, you get this scene. Ruin Antonio's night. Is that really what you think? What I think is that today was very hard for you. That's not... <clears throat> and I might not be super strong like Luisa. <sighs> Whatever. I wish you could see yourself the way I do. You are perfect. Just like this. You're just as special as anyone else in this family. Mm -hmm. You just healed my hand with an arepa con queso. I healed your hand with my love for my daughter, with her wonderful brain, <sighs> big heart, Stop. cool glasses. Mama. My amo, Rosalinda. Mirabel really wants a gift, like the rest of her family. Um, I don't know if anybody else has ever felt like that. Um, I don't know if you've compared yourself to someone else and felt that you're not as good or not as useful. Maybe you've longed to be able to do what someone else could do. Uh, maybe within, uh, within a school class or within your peers, uh, you felt overlooked because you're not as quick or not as funny, not as smart or not as strong or just in some way perceived as less, or at least in your head. And maybe that's not a problem for you at all. The spoiler is, in this film, Mirabel goes on to save the day. As the film progresses, she is the one that uh, goes to her really strong sister and tells her that she's more than just how strong she is. There's a person in there. And she's the one that goes to the perfect sister and says, actually, why not create something new? It doesn't have to be perfect. Just have fun. And she's the one that brings the lost brother back into the family by showing people that he's not a bad person just because he sees the future and gives bad news. That's just because there's bad news coming in the future. He gives good news too. She's the one that shows them that they are more than their gifts. That is her gift. Things for every Samson who has super strength, there's a Gideon. Gideon's gift was courage. For every outspoken Peter, there is a Barnabas quietly encouraging in the background. It's my opinion that thanks to Barnabas, about two-thirds of the New Testament are written. He's the one that nurtures Mark, who wrote Mark's Gospel, and he's the one that gives Paul his second chance. And yet, you'll find him about 31 verses, and that's it. That's a number I've plucked off the top of my head. Don't, don't quote me on that one. So I can promise you that you have gifts to offer this commission. Now, for some of you, that will be very practically and very obviously talking about God, or traveling the world and, and sharing it that way. But every John the Baptist needs an encourager to push them along. Um, maybe, maybe your gift is listening 
Think how often Jesus listens to people. Maybe you're the one to make them feel heard, make them feel seen, make them feel loved. Maybe you're good with your hands and can make things. Maybe you're good with words and are good at offering comfort. Maybe you're a researcher. Maybe you're a creator. And if there is a gift that you want, because it will help you to achieve the commission, and not because it will help you feel better about yourself in comparison, that's not how spiritual gifts work. But if there is a gift you want to help you with your commission, ask for it. In James, it says that if you want wisdom, ask for wisdom. In one of the Gospels, it says, ask anything of God and he will give it to you. If it's one of the charismatic gifts that you want, find some Christians to come around you and pray with you and ask God for it. Because God loves to give good gifts. There is a very fine example, as we're celebrating today, a very fine example of spiritual gifts being given. The Queen has, we saw in the video, endured a lot. And she has always spoken about her faith as a core. Now, I may be wrong, but I don't think the Queen has ever done something to embarrass the country as compared to some other world leaders. In fact, I think, apart from maybe not liking the royals, most people think well of the Queen as a person. And her faith is the thing that's kept her strong throughout. She has never uh, shown her power or her strength with brash words. Um, she's never actually done something that is massive, a massive show of strength. She hasn't sent armies off. That's not her job. The way that she loves people is with a gentle hospitality. She encourages them. If you're speaking to her, she's speaking to you. And she has a very quiet confidence about her and a sure faith. Her gift is her faith. I don't know anybody else that could have endured what she's endured in the public eye. I certainly couldn't, but she can because she was equipped to do the job that God gave her to do. What also helps is that she's got the support of her family. I'm just going to point us back to the Bible. Ephesians 4 says that we will grow and become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And in Romans 12 it says, Think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We can celebrate each other's gifts. We can build people up. We can point out gifts that maybe they don't see. As we celebrate the gifts, I want to remember the biggest gift that the Spirit gives, and this one he does give to everybody. In Romans 8, it says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. 
The children in the corner are creating crowns, not because of the Jubilee, but because we are children of God, and that makes us royalty. True, it's also Pentecost, so they have got flames on the crowns. They are also decorating little mirrors so that they can look in the mirror and remember how special they are because they are children of God. Uh, At some point, um, hopefully soon, or maybe already, you'll get a little bit of paper and a pen. I just wondered, uh, inviting you to think of any gifts that you have to offer. And they can be really simple gifts. I'm not asking you to say, "I, I can build a house from scratch. Not that kind of gift. The most normal thing that you are really good at. And I'm going to wheel around a minute. A very bad drawing of a person. So I wondered, maybe during the next song, you might like to come up and stick your gift onto the body. Maybe in an appropriate place on the body. Um, If you're a, a listener, stick it on the head kind of thing. Because I want to get you thinking about what it is you have to offer. All of you have something to offer. But I wanted to send you away as children of God with the confidence to know that you are valued not because of the gifts. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to be scared to make a mistake. You are not your gift. Who you are is children of God. That is the biggest gift the Spirit gives. And from that place, you can step out and try new things. From that place, you can let your gifts shine. I'm an amazing drawer. Not one of my gifts. Um, I'm going to have some sellotape up here so that you can come and add on. So you can add that on either now or at the end of the service. And then we can just see the different gifts that we have as a body. Because we're all amazing, right? And I think that's what Pentecost is about. It's about realising that we are amazing. Because then we can go and make other people amazing too.